0: Valleys along the hillsides of lovers' hearts of lovers' hearts come sing your songs of life. they will keep you from ever wanting, from ever needing, forevermore. I'll be yours
1: Songs of life indeed, ladies and gentlemen, from Neil Diamond from the 1980 movie The Jazz Singer. As we welcome you to Wrestling Revisited for Tuesday night, April the 7th, 2020, for episode 213. I am your host, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo. And as always, Howard, we will be expecting a bunch of people tonight, including the King Queen of Madness, Michelle Lynn Dodds, and Gerard T. Smith the Heartbreak Kid, Fonzie, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, who will be joining me shortly. But in the meantime, let's give you the number right now, one 562 444 1399 26 pounds You can join us right now for the next hour or so. And, of course, tonight at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, we will have View Revolution, where we'll talk about the aftermath of what was a very interesting Monday Night Raw show, if you will, last night, the night after WrestleMania, and also recap what was a very interesting weekend with WrestleMania 36. GTS and I will have your news headlines for you, John. We'll have the birthdays and dates supplied to us. Before we get into the dates, however, right now, we want to wish happy birthday, of course, to some very special people today on this particular day, here, ladies and gentlemen. First off, of course, happy 66th birthday to former football superstar, legendary superstar, Tony Dorsett from Hopewell, Pennsylvania, about a half hour near Pittsburgh, ladies and gentlemen, and not far from me, the former Dallas Cowboy, great, Teller, and the former University of Pittsburgh Panthers superstar who, in 1976, won. Won the Heisman Trophy, and who has one of the best runs of all time, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, is turning 66 years old today. His son, Anthony Dorsett Jr., of course, played in the NFL for a brief time, and of course, Dorsett, who wore number 33 for the Dallas Cowboys, won the Super Bowl in his rookie year a year after winning the national championship for the Collegiate University of Pittsburgh Panthers. The year I was born, in 1976, the same year he won the Heisman Trophy, slash early 77. Today he is celebrating his 66th birthday, so to Tony Dorsett, happy birthday to him. Meanwhile, happy 45th birthday, ladies and gentlemen, to two brothers, Howard, who are very unique in their own way, former New York Giants superstar Tiki Barber and his brother Rondé Barber, ladies and gentlemen, celebrating their 45th birthday today. Happy birthday to them. And today, ladies and gentlemen, would have been the 147th birthday of the little Napoleon, or Muggsy, as he was known as, John J. McGraw, formerly in the New York Giants. He batted three thirty four with 13 homers and 462 runs batted in, and, of course, stole 436 bases. He matched, of course, uh, the baseball world, however... For about 33 years, of course, with the Baltimore Orioles from 1899 through 1902, and then 30 years or three decades with the New York Giants, he also played baseball for 15 years. However, first eight years with the Orioles, one year with the Cardinals, coming back to Baltimore for a year and a half, and then playing for the New York Giants part-time for three seasons before hanging it up in 1906. This three-time world champion, of course, was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1937, of course, the same year that Tris Speaker was inducted. As you know, of course, as we all know, uh, McGraw was a very unique, firesome manager, if you will. However, during his career, however, he won 2,583 games with the Giants, lost 17, 1,790, if you will, with a winning percentage of 59%. In the postseason, he won 26 out of 54 games for a winning percentage of only 48%. However, he was a very unique guy, to say the least. Of course, he also has his own monument named the John J. McGraw monument standing in his hometown of Truxton, New Jersey. McGraw sadly passed away, of course, needless to say, however, in February of 1934, two months shy of his 61st birthday. Of course, he was a very unique manager, and of course, he did in the first World Series in 1905. In 1911, of course, he met Connie Mack and Philadelphia flags, and in 1913 as well. 1924, he met John's boys, the Washington uh, Senators, if you will, losing that one. But unfortunately, however, he would not be around to see the Giants win in 1933, however, or should I say, he was not managing at that time, at the time. But needless to say, the silver-haired fox, who always had a a big-time temper in more ways than when I almost said Latin, I meant to say, who had a temper in a big way, was a very, very unique person, let's just say. As we said, ladies and gentlemen, he began his career in 1891, ladies and gentlemen, however, at the age of 18 if you will ladies and gentlemen he would continue to play baseball over the next 15 years if you of course he had 8 years with the Orioles where he also managed them however he returned to manage them in 1901 and 2 after being with the St. Louis Cardinals in 1900 but then in the summer of 1902 he headed from Baltimore in the Inner Harbor to the Big Apple New York City New York ladies and gentlemen and to Harlem and the legendary Polo Grounds that being said, he was a very unique guy. In fact, however, believe it or not, he also held the major league record for most detections by a manager until Bobby Cox, the former Atlanta Braves manager, broke the record back in 2007. But nevertheless, nevertheless, at least, least, last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, we could tell you how he was a very, let's just say a firesome guy, however, and he could get into it with anybody, whether it be opposing ballplayers like Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, or even opposing managers like Connie Mack, however, or other people like Miller Huggins, if you will, however, and many others. Yes, folks, Muggsy, or the little Napoleon he was known as, however, was unique. So today, on behalf of all of us here at the show, we would like to wish the legendary John McGraw a very special, happy 147th birthday here today. Now, before we continue on, we want to remind you that Wolfpack, of course, will be on this Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen. 138521 Pound. GTS and I will have your news headlines for you. John will have the birthdays and dates. And on Friday, folks, we will have Revolution for you. John will not be supplying the birthdays and dates. Of course, GTS and I will have the news headlines for you. And, of course, this Friday, folks, will be a very special match, ladies and gentlemen, coming up on Revolution where of course the king of clubs ladies and gentlemen, Mitt Patel, our good friend, will take on Danny from Oak Park. Ladies and gentlemen, will no doubt be a no-holds-barred trivia contest in more ways than one. And yes, folks, there must be a winner, and there will be a special referee to call right down the middle. You guessed who the referee is as you're talking to him right now. But folks, that should be a great match coming up this uh, Friday night. Don't you dare miss it. We're expecting Gerard Michelle, the Empress Hamer, the JML Experience, the Big I.Q. Jeff Teters, the Rush Ronda Rush, right? The Wolf Queen and Heavy Metal of course, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of the gang as well. And then of course this Monday we will talk more about what was very interesting, how are coming up on Raw Radio, ladies and gentlemen. This Monday, don't you dare miss it, of course 44 four, four pound. We will have a lot to talk about, of course, and we'll also give you our raw ratings and predictions, as well as the local sports headlines and news from the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, so you don't want to miss that coming up this Monday at three PM as we will be back on the air, ladies and gentlemen, with Raw Radio. Of course we'll have our panel on the show there. Now tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, will be an action packed show, no doubt about it, beginning at six thirty PM with Outside the Ropes, one four, one three eight seven, the latest politics, movies and sports will be discussed by yours truly, along with Mr W C W himself and the rest of the gang. And then at eight o'clock, join Gerard, Michelle, myself and the rest of the gang. However, for Wrestling Debate, 139925 three nine two five pound. We'll be breaking it down. AEW NXT The Wednesday night war will continue on at nine o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, with revolution. Of course we will supply the birthdays and dates. actually John will supply the birthdays and dates. At GTS Nightwalker News headlines, but of course, 8 o'clock, the debate will be getting hot and heavy as usual, Howard. And you can bet that this Wednesday night, Howard, it's going to be an interesting night. Of course, this Wednesday night, we have some great matches lined up for you, ladies and gentlemen, coming up on both shows. First on NXT, it will be, ladies and gentlemen, Tommaso Chiappa, ladies and gentlemen, getting one final crack at his former best friend and buddy, if you will, at one time. None other than Johnny Gargano. That is going to be an intense match. You can definitely say the least. Plus a big six-pack uh, ladder match, ladies and gentlemen, to see who will be the new number one contender to the NXT women's title. It will be, of course, Io Shirai, Kansas DeRay, ladies and gentlemen, Gargano, the wife of Johnny Gargano, the Rocky Balboa, Sylvester Stallone of the NXT Universe, ladies and gentlemen, will be in action. Also, ladies and gentlemen, it will be Mia Yim, Dakota Kai, Tegan Nox, ladies and gentlemen, and another person to be named in that match, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we saw what happened on Sunday. when Charlotte Flair took the NXT title away from Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley will be out of action for a while due to some personal issues, but she says she will be back as soon as possible. That being said, Charlotte Flair, of course, did win the NXT title this past Sunday night at WrestleMania in what was a very questionable call despite a very good match between Rhea Ripley and, of course, the master of the Riptide, the Australian angry... uh, Let's just say awesome one, however, is gonna be returning, however, relatively shortly. And you can bet when she returns she is gonna go after the Queen, Charlotte Flair, after Charlotte Flair took her title away from her this past Sunday. That being said, of course, Charlotte Flair knows that Mia Yim Candice Ray, Io Shirai, Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox are all gunning for her, however, now that she is the two-time NXT champion, and, of course, we'll see what happens tomorrow night, however, of course, they will be competing in a ladder match, and as we said earlier, folks, it will be, no doubt, a war of attrition, to say the least, folks, coming up this week, ladies and gentlemen, when you see, of course, two former friends say one more time, however, they will be going at it, however, you can bet, however, it is going to be intense, it is going to be a war, it will be Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, there must be a winner this time, so Triple H and as a result we will see what happens there on NXT tomorrow night on USA at 8 o'clock meanwhile over on TNT on Dynamite ladies and gentlemen we will have a stick of Dynamite ready to go for you of course from Wherever we're at, ladies and gentlemen, that being said, here are the matches that you will see in action on Dynamite tomorrow night. The Exalted one, Brody Lee, formerly Luke Harper of the WWE and of the Wyatt family, will be back in action once again. The big monster, 6'7", 295 pounds, ladies and gentlemen. Howard from the Lone Star State, Lance Archer, Jake the Snake, Robert's newest big man, Howard will also be back in action. We saw what Lance Archer did last week, of course. The Luchasaurus's Marco stunt 5'4", 150 pounds, by tossing him like a javelin and basically through. The ring, and then somehow. Who will Archer face this week? We don't know just yet, and we don't know who Brody Lee will face, but we do know that both of those guys will be in action tomorrow night. Also, ladies and gentlemen, here is a match that should be very interesting to watch. Kenny Omega minus his partner, The Hangman. Hangman Page, however, will not be back in action again this week, however, as he will be out of action once again. As a result, Omega has decided to call an audible, and as a result, has hired Japanese wrestler Michael Nakazawa to team up with him this weekend. As a result, Nakazawa has accepted Omega's offer, and as a result, Nakazawa and Omega will take on the best friends of... Trent, Chucky T, a.k.a. Chuck Taylor, and, of course, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, a.k.a. The Best Friends. That should be a fantastic match. And then, first off, in the first round of the TNT title tournament that was made official last week, ladies and gentlemen, in which it'll be an 18-single elimination tournament with the winner to face the other Howard at Double or Nothing late next month in Las Vegas if there is a Double or Nothing two electric boogaloo at the MGM Grand Garden Arena on May 23rd, ladies and gentlemen. It will be the American Nightmare. Cody Rhodes taking on the Perfect Ten. high Dillinger, a.k.a. Sean Spears, Mr. Payne Royce in a first-round TNT title tournament. Sean Spears, I'm sure, will have his manager and associate, Tully Blanchard, formerly of the Four Horsemen, in his corner. Cody, of course, I'm sure, will have his wife, the beautiful Brandy, and of course, Cody's uh, longtime, uh, let's just say, dad's rival and some unique adversary, the enforcer Double A Anderson, who is an old friend of Tully Blanchard's of the Four Horsemen, watching his back, so you can imagine that'll be a very intense match. And then, just made today, ladies and gentlemen, this match has been now made official, ladies and gentlemen. It will be the Japanese high-flying sensation, Hikuro Shida, ladies and gentlemen, who has been on a roll as of late, getting her opportunity to hopefully go after, at some point, the AEW women's title, will take on the dentist from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, yes, my hometown, the one and only Dr. Britt Baker, baby. Yes, folks, Britt Baker has been running her mouth the last few weeks, Howard, against all the girls in AEW, whether it's Big Swole, Hakura Shida, Inishakura Sakura, ladies and Bea Priestley, however, even Riho and Nyla Rose. The question is, will Baker be taught a lesson by the young Japanese upstart Shida, or will Shida be taught a lesson by the dentist and be taken to school tomorrow night? We'll find out when Baker and Shida get it on with each other one-on-one tomorrow night on Dynamite. That being said, it should be a great show. So, folks, we will have a lot to talk about tomorrow night. We will be going to Full Sail University, of course, with the Heartbreak Kid Fonzie from the NXT Studios, as him, Mara Rinaldo, Nigel McGinnis, and Beth Phoenix will be calling the action. I will be at the AEW Arena with Chris Jericho, Tony, Cody, and the rest of the gang calling Dynamite Hour from our remote location. So, folks, you don't want to miss that coming up tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, as the fun begins at 8 p.m. That being said, it should be a great night of action. You don't want to miss it, however here on the TalkShoe Radio Network. Let's give you the number again here for episode two thirteen one six zero five five six two zero four four four. Call our ID 139926 nine two six pound. You can join us right now till 8 o'clock. As we said, also, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot more to discuss. And, of course, coming up tonight, ladies and gentlemen, at 10 p.m. on the Viceland Channel, check out Dark Side of the Ring. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Dark Side of the Ring, we'll take a look back at the Brawl for All show that happened back in 1999 Who will be interviewed? We understand that some of the big names that are going to be interviewed on this documentary include good old JR, Jim Ross, Vince Russo, we understand, and some others. That will be getting underway at 10 o'clock. Of course, last week, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, they had a documentary on the life and times in the career of New Jack, the former ECW wrestler who has created a lot of controversy both in and out of the ring. And that being said, it was a very interesting documentary. That being said, of course, they started the show, of course, with season number two just a few weeks ago in a very special two-part graphic. Uh, story about former WCW, ECW, and WWE wrestler, the Rapid Wolverine, Chris Ben-Law. That being said, of course, next week we understand they will have a very interesting documentary about the life and times of superfly Jimmy Snuka, and what happened back in 1983 with a somewhat unique person by the name of Nancy Argentino. In two weeks gentlemen, we understand the life and times of Dr. D. David Schultz, who, of course, created controversy of his own way back, also in the 80s, however, by slapping a news reporter, John Stossel, breaking his eardrum to the point where he couldn't even hear for six months, if you will, and as a result, Stossel later sued Schultz and the WWF and Vince McMahon because of what happened, however. and as a result, got a good bit of money out of that, and as a result, Schultz was fired by the WWF shortly thereafter because of his actions, ladies and gentlemen, uh, will be detailed in a couple of weeks, and then in three weeks, ladies and gentlemen, no doubt, will be a very interesting documentary on, of course, uh, the Vice Line channel, ladies and gentlemen. You definitely want to check this out, ladies and gentlemen. The Life and Times of Former Canadian Strongman, The World's Strongest Man in Canada, ladies and gentlemen. The Great Way North, where our friend King Edward is from, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only unique uh, Life and Times of Former Strongman Dino Bravo. So you definitely want to check out those shows the next two or three weeks, folks. It promises to get very interesting in more ways than one. Meanwhile, ladies and gentlemen, we also want to tell you, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you can check out right now on Facebook.com a couple of things. First off, ladies and gentlemen, right now, Bulldog DVD sales and variety, ladies and gentlemen, you can... um Oh, okay. Apparently, I thought we were going to hear from the human suplex machine, Yon Gross. Apparently, John has not told us now he is not going to make it. I thought we were going to hear from John, of course, our my tag team partner tonight, but unfortunately, that is not the case. So, unfortunately, John has let me know now. He will not be there. But, folks, you can check out right now on Bulldog DVD Sales and Variety some of the best movies out there, including Office Space, Big Daddy, Bandits, Roadhouse, 13 Going On, 30 She's All That, Rush Hour 2, King Hong, What Women Want, Bad Boys 2, Borat, Castaway, Super Troopers, ladies and gentlemen, however, Uh, also ladies and gentlemen, uh, Van Helsing, Saving Private Ryan, The Rock, Ocean's Twelve, We Were Soldiers, however, To End All Wars, American Pie, Men of Honor, ladies and gentlemen, the Abyss, Ocean's Eleven, you've got mail, ladies and gentlemen, however, Uh, that being said, of course, uh, also others include Goodfellas, Rush Hour, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, or just some of the other movies, ladies and gentlemen, however. That being said, those are just some of the movies you can check out right now, ladies and gentlemen, at Bulldog DV Sales and Variety. Also, others include not another Team movie, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Ronin, Armageddon, The Matrix Revolution, however. Uh, uh, that being said, however, uh, those are just uh, some of the ones that are being tossed about right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh we'll just, uh, like I said, how just uh trying uh, that being said, of course, uh uh, we we'll, we'll remind you, of course, you can check out now Bulldog DVD sales with the around cases. Uh, we take a buy out of the cost to bring you the best selection ever on Blu-ray and DVD. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for, uh, like I said, however, uh, we can tell you right now that all DVDs and Blu-rays contain one or two discs, or a buck each, While all DVD and Blu-rays contain three or more discs will be $2 each. So if you're looking to start your own collection in, uh... Add on to your collection, however, if you don't have a collection started already, or if you're looking to start your own collection, definitely check out this site today on Facebook.com. You will not be disciplined whatsoever. Some other movies, ladies and gentlemen, including, now ladies and gentlemen, he has, includes He's Just Not Into You, Clue, The Spider-Man 2, uh, Arthur, ladies and gentlemen, Hannibal, Intolerable Cruelty, ladies and gentlemen, uh, catch Me If You Can, My Best Friend's Wedding, Ladies and Gentlemen, War Games, Bruce Almighty, Avita. Happy Gilmore, Cocktail, and so much more. And I can tell you right now, I have some stuff from Mr. WCW personally. In fact, I just got some movies from him recently from this shop, and I can tell you some of the ones I got include Firestarter, Top Secret, Sixteen Candles, Nothing In Common with Jackie Gleason and Tom Hanks, uh, Blue Thunderstone, Roy Scheider, Daniel Stern, The Late Warren Oates, Baby Mollister, Tina Fey, Sigourney Weaver, Amy Poehler, Dax Shepard, Ladies and Gentlemen. Of course, those are just some of the movies I have. And right now, I can tell you, I'll be looking for some more of those DVDs. But, folks, however, those are just some of the DVDs we got in stock, thanks to this shop. Also, Firestar, Young Drew Barrymore, the first season of the A Team, Sixteen Candles, starring Marguerite, Wall, ladies and gentlemen, of course. Um, also, believe it or not, Anthony Michael Hall from 1984. Uh, like we said, Top Secret Signed Val Kilmer is another movie we have in the collection. But folks, if you're looking to start your own collection right now, those are just some of the movies right now that you can check out on Bulldog DVD Sales and Variety right now, today. And you definitely want to definitely look to see, to expand your library. If you're going to want to start your own library, you definitely want to check out this site today alright ladies and gentlemen. we're now going to go into some of our moments of the evening ladies and gentlemen again usually I have John helping me out here tonight but folks I'm going to pick some great moments here tonight so you definitely want to stay tuned as far as that goes our first moment tonight ladies and gentlemen, we will take you of course ladies and gentlemen, to some of the more unique matches in history, ladies and gentlemen. This uh, DVD is simply entitled, ladies and gentlemen, if I could have a drum roll, please, but I don't have a drum roll instead. However, we'll talk about it here and now, ladies and gentlemen. It is entitled, WWE Bloodbath, Wrestling's Most Incredible Steel Cage Matches, ladies and gentlemen. And right now, we're going to tell you about some of these uh, matches that have happened over the years in the steel cage. Of course, we'll weigh in with my thoughts and everything like that. And then, of course, we'll uh, break down for you X's and O's. And then, folks, we're going to talk about another very unique special uh, cage match DVD entitled The Greatest Cage Matches of All Time. So you definitely want to stay tuned as far as that goes. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about it right now and tell you about our first of two reviews here involving the infamous steel structure known as the steel cage. Of course, this DVD was released back in October 2003 by the WWE. And, of course, your host for the show, ladies and gentlemen, is former WWE WWE, Part-time announcer, now back into the WWE announcing booth. Her time as a pre-show host, but at one time also working for ESPN. The coach himself, Jonathan Coachman. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our first match here on this memorable DVD entitled Bloodbath, Wrestling's Most Incredible Steel Cage Matches. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's tell you about it here and now what exactly went down. Our first match of the night, ladies and gentlemen, takes you back to September of 1979. Bob Backlund versus Pat Patterson in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. As a result, ladies and gentlemen, of course, how are these two have been... Uh, main- for four straight main events back in 1979, and this was the final encounter between the two of them. Backlund, of course, had been the world's champion since February 78. Patterson, of course, had won the newly crowned WWF Intercontinental Championship in a fictitious tournament the previous month, ladies and gentlemen, and was being managed by the Grand Wizard of Wrestling, a.k.a. Ernie Roth. Unfortunately, the Wizard was nowhere to be found here on this night, However, instead, Patterson came to the ring by himself without the Wizard. As a result, however, it was not title versus title, but rather uh, Patterson trying to uh, capture a title, if you will, however, and that is Backlund's World Heavyweight title, if you will, despite the fact that Patterson was the IC champion. As a result, the last two matches had ended in countouts, and now Vince McMahon and the promoters felt that it was time to settle this feud once and for all, this time in the confines of uh, the biggest structure there is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Steel Cage. And with that said, this match was held here in late September of 1979 in the Garden. With that said, however, as a result, Backlund ends up picking up the win, surprisingly, against Patterson, however, mind you, and as a result, however, mind you, is declared the winner. Despite the fact that Patterson had a chance to win the match, however, and capture Backlund's title, it was not to be on this night. Meanwhile, however, surprisingly, the one match they did not show after this matchup, however, happened uh, less than a year later in August of 1980 in Shea stating between teacher and student. Pittsburgh's own living legend Larry Sabisco, ladies and gentlemen, taking on his teacher-slash-sensei, if you will, the one and only Bruno San Martino. Surprisingly, however, Sabisco was taught a lesson here by his sensei, if you will, on this night, and ended... Uh, up, losing the steel cage match, despite the fact that 30,000 people were screaming uh, for the, their heads off of Bruno Hauer. Bruno came uh, through the match a little bit bloody for the worst, if you will, let's just say, but still, nevertheless, did teach his young student a lesson here in more ways than one. That being said, a very unique moment there. Now, speaking of Bobby Backlund, ladies and we then go fast forward the clock a little bit to three years, lazy June of 1982, it is Madison Square Garden once again. This, of course, headed Bob Backlund taking on Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Snuka at the time was being managed by Captain Lewis Albano. Albano, of course, would leave Snuka shortly after this hour and go on to manage his own guys, however, if you will. And Snuka, of course, would change from being a low end or a mid-card heel, if you will, to a mid-somewhat babyface, if you will. But it would take some time, however. Meanwhile, Backlund, of course, was still being managed, of course, by the Golden Boy, the one and only Arnold Skolland. And, of course, had been the champion since 78. So, Backlund right now is about four years into his reign. He would not lose the title, of course, until the following year, of course, uh, hands of the Iron Sheik. But this would be one of Backlund's unique moments of 1982. Backlund, of course, had a lot of great moments during his six-plus year reign of facing some of the best champions and some of the best wrestlers of all time, including guys like uh, Stan Hansen, uh, High cheap Peter Meyer, VLA's and uh Pat Patterson, Snuka, Hulk Hogan, the Iron Sheik, uh, Jesse Ventura, among others. As a result, these two guys, however, uh, went uh, at toe-to-toe, however, if you will. And in the end, however, Backlund, of course, came out with the win once again, however, despite the fact at one point however, that uh, Stuka was busted open by Backlund, however, midway through the match, and uh, he tried to fight off uh, the champion's advances. Uh, Schnucker was, of course, looking to take the title off of Backlund, but it was not to be on this night, just like Patterson. Even though he gave it a good effort, it was still not to be. And in the end, Backlund would become, once again, the sole winner of the cage and still the heavyweight champion. Of course, Backlund would lose the title, of course, the following year. Meanwhile, speaking of the following year, ladies and gentlemen, that leads us to our next match, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of Superfly Snuka, ladies and gentlemen, that takes us to one of the greatest cage matches, if not one of the best cage matches of all time of the 1980s, ladies and gentlemen. It is October 1983, ladies and gentlemen. It is Don Morocco, The Rock now being matched by Schnucka's former manager, if you will, the captain himself, Captain Louis Albano, taking on the newly uh, christened hero, if you will, Superfly Jimmy Schnucka. As a result, however, Morocco, of course, had become the IC champion earlier in the year, ladies and gentlemen, after getting into it with Schnucka on some of the syndicated programs, most notably All-Star Championship Wrestling and also All-American Wrestling, if you will. As a result, Schnucka, of course, was going to be led to the ring on this night, however, by the Nature Boy himself, Buddy Rogers, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, who had had a dislike like from Morocco and Captain Louis Albano, but he stayed back however to avoid uh being coming to ringside with his uh, newly prisoned uh let's just say student if you will. While Morocco came to the ring with his manager and uh, let's just say Snuka's former uh helper, if you will, the one and only Captain Louis Albano, if you will. It was also on this night, ladies and gentlemen, that we saw three future WWE wrestlers in front of twenty five thousand people packed at the garden that night Uh, Watching this with uh, supreme interest, they included Mick Foley, if you will, the hometown boy from Long Island who took the bus, I understand, or train or subway, whatever you want to call it, to the garden that night, along with two other wrestlers that would uh, later become uh, synonymous with wrestling itself. They included the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, and of course, Mark LaMonica, better known to you all as Bubba Ray Dudley formerly of ECW. That being said, in the end, however, Morocco, of course, would end up uh, beating Schnuka but not before Schnuka did, believe it or not, the most crazy, insane dive from 25 feet up, however, in this match. And it was on this night, however, that, that Mick Foley, Tommy Dreamer, and Bubba Ray all said, however, uh, in interviews separately with people and to Themselves are. That was the night that changed their lives forever. As a result, how they would all become wrestlers shortly after. I was studying to become wrestlers, if you will, because of this insane match. And as a result, this was actually one of the more insane matches of the 1980s of the W.E.N. and wrestling in general. That being said, I thought it was a very unique match. Let's just say, and very entertaining, and uh, quite uh, surprising at the end. Let's just say in more ways than one. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, was another great steel cage match. And, of course, we fast-forward the clock now to 1985 to Starcade 85, two guys who had had a serious dislike with one another in another promotion, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Perfect Ten himself, ladies and gentlemen, Tully Blanchard, if you will, with his manager, the baby doll herself, ladies and gentlemen, taking on Magnum T.A. Terry Allen, whatever you want to call him, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of people said he looked like Tom Selleck. Uh, This was held, of course, at the gathering in... uh, Our fearless leader's uh, backyard, if you will that, being, of course, Mr. WCW's yard, however, in the legendary Greensboro Coliseum on Thanksgiving night, 1985. As a result, uh, this was a very intense match. If you have not seen this match or gone back to watch this match at any point, I implore you to check it out. Uh, just like Snuka and Morocco, however, this was a very physical brawl. This was a very intense brawl because of the dislike between the two of them, both in and out of the ring. In the end, uh, Magnum T ended up winning the U.S. title back away from Tully, who was the champ at the time. Uh, very physical, very violent, very intense, I would say. I'm surprised that uh, the Dark Side of the Ring documentary did not detail this match. We even talk about this uh, whole feud in general for their season this year. I hope that next year, if they do a third season, they talk about this match. Because I'll tell you what, this is one match that is definitely worth watching over and over again. Just like the matches uh, like uh, Morocco and Schnuka, Harley Race and Ric Flair, uh, Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine in the dog collar match. Uh, this was one of the more intense battles of the 80s, let's just say. And it was a very unique match, especially at the end, however. That being said, I thought it was a very unique match, to say the very least. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, another great moment, however, from the cage. However, this time we go to January of 1987, ladies and gentlemen, however. In fact, uh, this was the most watched cage match in wrestling history, and for good reason. This is actually very true, ladies and gentlemen. It happened in early 1987, Hulk Hogan, who, of course, who had been the world champion since... Uh, three years before Lazy on taking on his former friend and now bitter enemy once again, Mr. Wonderful Paul Ohrendorf, who was being matched by, uh, of course, uh, Hogan's longtime rival and uh, somewhat bitter enemy, if you will, the one and only Weasel Breath himself, a.k.a. Bobby the Brain, or as some people like to call him sometimes, Bobby the Stain Heenan, if you will, in Hartford, Connecticut. Now, many people thought that Hogan lost the title here, however, and that Ohrendorf had won the match and captured the title because of uh, some, uh, let's just say, shenanigans. However, referee Joey Morales saw Hogan come out at the same time. However, despite that Danny Davis, the original referee, said that Orniv came out first, they restarted the match. In the end, Hogan, of course, clammed out the cage, despite the fact that Ornov tried a second time to get victory over Hogan. It was not to be on this night. And in the end, Hogan ended up picking up the win. Surprisingly, at this time, Hogan was only 33 years old, ladies and gentlemen. 33, of course, a few months later. Or a few weeks after this, of course, he would get into probably one of the best feuds of the year against his longtime rival and uh, one-time good friend, if you will, the big seven-foot-four, five-hundred-pound monster known as Andre the Giant. Surprisingly, also, ladies and gentlemen, This uh, match received the highest rating at the time on a television program that was called Saturday Night's Main Event. It reached a rating of a high of an eleven. That's right, an 11. That's pretty darn good if you ask me, considering what the match was like back then. But uh, yes, folks, that was a very special match to watch back in early 1987, no question about it. Speaking of cages, ladies and gentlemen, we then go back to uh, the NWA once again, and this time we're going to Chicago. Yes, folks, Chi-Town, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, as the man with the hands of stone, the man who had won the NWA championship from Ric Flair after Ric Flair had Held the title for a better part of three years, ladies and gentlemen, taking on the Nature Boy himself, uh, Rick Flair, if you will. Garvin, of course, had won the title, of course, previously in September, on a house show in Detroit. Now, Rick Flair, along with his manager J.J. Dillon, was looking to capture the title once again, back around his waist, tower against Garvin. Garvin, at the time, was not uh, well liked by some people, however, because of what he had done by capturing the title away from Flair. <clears throat> Excuse me, in September. At the house show in Detroit, and as a result, demanded Garvin to face him again, however, and put the belt on the line, that way he could get it back. Uh, this was a pretty good match, i guess got to say, it wasn't too bad. Uh, surprisingly, however, they went to the same finish, however, that they did the previous couple months, however, but this time, however, Flair outsmarted Garvin and in the end captured his title for the fifth straight time, ladies and gentlemen. That being said, however, a very decent match between the two of them, and as a result, Flair would hold that title again around his waist, however pretty much for the next two years before a certain old friend of his and unique adversary would take it away from him, and that was done other Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, Up next, ladies and gentlemen, another unique cage match, ladies and gentlemen, as we fast forward the clock now to 1994. This time, it is brother versus brother going at it, ladies and gentlemen, the hitman, Brett Hardtower, taking on his longtime brother. The man who hated being called another was known as the King of Hearts, however. Not quite yet the King of Hearts, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only Owen Hart. The two of them had had a great match at WrestleMania 10 in Madison Square Garden to start off uh, the 10th annual WrestleMania. Here it was now less than five months later, and as a result, this was a pretty darn good match, however, mind you. And as a result, uh, these two guys absolutely went back and forth, back and forth with each other. Uh, just like their match at uh, Mania 10, these two put on a great show with each other in Chicago. In the end, however, Brett the Hitman Hart got a little retribution on his brother Owen after what had happened, mind you, in uh, WrestleMania 10. And as a result, Brett picked up the win, however, here by defeating his brother. Uh, overall, really good match, very entertaining. I enjoyed it, however, and i got to say it was well worth watching. Up next, another great moment, ladies and gentlemen. This time, of course, we take you to 1997. It is Triple H, now known as Hunter Hearst Helmsley, ladies and gentlemen, the arrogant blue blood, not quite yet the leader of Degeneration X, or the son-in-law, Vince McMahon, had his girlfriend with him at the time, the ninth wonder of the world, the one and only Joni Lauer, a.k.a. China, if you will, taking on Mick Foley, a.k.a. Mankind. Uh, This was actually pretty intense, to say the least, however. As a result, however, this was... uh, a pretty good way to start out SummerSlam 1997 in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and was one of the more better matches in SummerSlam uh, recent memory. As a result, uh, we saw what happened, however, between the two of them, if you will, however, and as a result, in the end, Uh, Mankind, who had idolized Jimmy, Superfly Snuka, of course, going back to his days uh, when he was a youngster in Madison Square Garden, picked up the win uh, near his hometown, if you will, on this night, Howard, just outside of his hometown, if you will, by defeating Triple H, of course, here, and uh, picking up the W. Up next, a very unique match here, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, speaking of Triple H. Triple H was in our next match, ladies and gentlemen, that would happen, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in the UK two years later ladies and gentlemen however it would be Triple H taking on The Rock as a result this was kind of a weird finish however but uh, Triple H with China would pick up the win after Davy Boy Smith of course surprisingly uh, showed up here ladies and gentlemen since Rock was feuding with uh, Davy Boy at the time of course Davy Boy cost The Rock the match and as a result gave Triple H the win so there you go. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, we fast-forward the clock, however, to another event, ladies and gentlemen, that happened earlier in the year, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that being said, however, um, uh, here, mind you, and let's see if I'm just... Uh, it is now uh, Ric Flair taking on Dusty Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen, from the Great American Bash, ladies and gentlemen. Rick Flair, of course, however... Mind you, of course, had uh, captured the title back, however, after losing it two years before, however, and only just a few weeks, however, to the modern day warrior, Kerry Von Eric, now was uh, defending his championship uh, in near his hometown against the American Dream, the guy who had given quite a battle at Starcade 85, if you will. This would be his last chance to go after the championship, uh, referring to Dusty Rhodes, if you will. In the end, Dusty Rhodes picked up the win, and this time won. Uh, His uh, third championship reign, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, here on this night, however, and as a result, picked up the win by defeating Ric Flair, getting retribution after what had happened the previous year at Star Cave with a questionable finish. However, Dusty would not hold the title for very long as he would lose it, only for a couple weeks, however. As a result, still, it was a pretty damn good match between the two of them, and as a result, delivered a pretty good match here. Uh, up next of course another great cage match of course that happened later that year, uh, was in Star eighty six six, ladies and gentlemen, the Rock and Roll Express Gibson and Morton, if you will, who at the time uh the girls swooned over how taking on the enforcer and his uh, somewhat uh unique uh, brother, if you will, Ole Anderson, if you will, here at uh Starcade A six in Greensboro, of course. This was held, uh, believe it or not, how just a few months after Rhodes and Flair had gone at it, how as a result, this was a pretty good match, and as a result, the Rock and Roll Express captured the NWA, or should I say, held on to the NWA titles despite the fact that the Horsemen were looking to capture the titles away from the Rock and Roll Express, if you will. It was not to be on this night. uh... Nevertheless, a very good match between the two of them. However, if you will, up next, another great cage match, ladies and gentlemen. As we continue on, how are ladies and gentlemen? This time involving two guys who had uh, not seen eye to eye quite a bit, however. In the late '90s, if you will, the Texas Rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Vince McMahon from St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Surprisingly, Paul White, who had just left WCW just a few months before, a few weeks before, made his debut here and uh, Costa. Uh, let's just say, the chairman of the WWE, a chance to beat Stone Cold Steve Austin in his own game as a result. However, it was a very interesting match there down in Memphis, Tennessee. The Basically, however, rules were simple. Boston Austin won, he would get a title shot at Mania. If he loses, however, uh, Vince would not give him his title shot, however, mind you, at WrestleMania. This was a very unique match, but still could have been a little bit better in the end, Austin ended up winning, however, and as a result, we'll go on to headline WrestleMania 15 a month later against The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and for the first time ever, however, would defeat The Rock, however, mind you, at his own game. If you, or should I say, uh, like I said, however, would go on to face, uh, like I said, however, would end up um, being denied the championship on this day, if you will, uh, mind you, however, uh, but like I said, it was on this night, however, very unique uh, moment, if you will. However, let's just say, however, Austin, of course, as you know, however, uh, pulled up did not win the, the title here on this night. However, instead, The Rock did. However, he would get two more chances against The Rock later on down the road, and we defeat The Rock both times. First at Mania 17, however, in a very questionable. Uh, decision at Mania 17 thanks to help from Vince McMahon and then again in his last match at Mania 19 which was considered a hell of a match to say least. so. Austin definitely had the, uh, had the uh, odds in his favor let's just say by defeating The Rock twice out of three uh, during his run in WWE if you will. But nevertheless this was an interesting match and as a result Austin would end up defeating Vince McMahon on this night. Up next a very unique match ladies and gentlemen however. Uh, Very uh, intense match from Unforgiven 2000 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Edge and Christian taking on the Hardy Boys with Lita. Uh, This was, of course, uh, stemming from what had happened the previous month, of course, in Greensboro. Of course, uh, they had set up a very unique match, ladies and gentlemen. However, they had already had uh, their first-ever ladder match, ladies and gentlemen, however, at WrestleMania earlier in the year. However, along with Devon and Bubba Ray Dudley, as a result, less than a month later, uh, believe it or not, the first ever TLC match of tables, chairs, and chairs occurred here at SummerSlam. As a result, how, it was almost as crazy as their ladder match at WrestleMania how, earlier in the year. As a result, the Hardys, surprisingly, however, uh, picked up the win here, however, and regained the tag titles from Edge and Christian uh, here on this night in Philadelphia. Just an unbelievable match, to say the least, an intense match also. Uh, but yeah, overall, a very entertaining match, to say the least. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we fast forward the clock to the following year, 2001. King Kurt Angle, ladies and gentlemen, however, uh, taking on the Rapid Wolverine, Chris Benoit. Benoit was the WWE Champion, Stone Cold Steve Austin, someone contender. We meet him for a title shot along with Chris Jericho a couple weeks later before injuring his neck and we'd be out of action for about a year or so. On this night, however, uh, one of the crazier moonsaults you'll ever want to see off the cage did occur, ladies and gentlemen. Just absolutely amazing, however. And uh, Kurt, of course, at one point, however, did one of the more unbelievable spots you'll ever see in wrestling history, a la Superfly Jimmy Schnucker by trying a moonsault, and as a result, he missed. However, in the end, however, despite the fact that he missed, however, he would end up winning here on this night, however, against Chris Benoit, and denying him a chance to beat him. A uh, very unique match, to say the least. And then, folks, speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen, that's our fi- we go to our final match, ladies and gentlemen, however... Uh, Mind you, however, it is, of course, Edge taking on Kurt Angle, of course. Edge ends up defeating Kurt, however, with the flying spear. Uh, Not a bad match between the two of them, however, very entertaining. Of course, we had seen what had happened. Of course, Edge had won a hair match at Judgment Day 2002, and as a result, Kurt had to shave his head bald because of it, however. Uh, Kurt was not very happy about this, however, mind you. And as a result, uh, it was a very unique match, let's just say, between the two of them. And as a result, the radar R Superstar Edge picked up the win here. Now, one other match that did occur on this DVD, however, two of them, I should say, that did occur on this DVD. One of them, we talked about it earlier, Bob Backlund taking on Stan Hansen in a cage match from April of 1981. In fact, believe it or not, yesterday, folks, it was exactly... I just want to do my math here. 39 years ago, yesterday, believe it or not, that these two went at, Uh The first matchup went to a draw in the second meeting and a count out. This time, excuse me, Backlund was looking to take no prisoners and walk out as the champ still. Hansel was looking to take away the title away from Backlund. And, again, he almost did get a chance to pick up the win here and take the title away from him, but it was not to be, and as a result, Backlund ended up winning. And then, folks, the other last match on the cage match happened in 1975 between two former champions, Bruno San Martino and Ivan Koloff. Four years before, Koloff had taken Bruno's uh, seven-year reign of the Worldwide Wrestling Federation Championship, even though he had held it for only a few weeks, however, away from him. Sam Martino was looking for payback on this night, however, against the Russian bear Ivan Koloff, who at the time was six foot seven, about two ninety five real Bruno being big in his own right, about six foot two, maybe six three, two fifty, two sixty. As a result, however, uh Koloff ended up getting, uh, let's just say taught a lesson to by Uh, Bruno, if you will, and as a result, Kolov got beat here. Surprisingly, Bruno was in the middle of his second reign. Koloff was looking to take the title away from Bruno again, but it was not to be on this night, and as a result, Bruno retained the championship here. So there you go, folks. Those are just some of our thoughts here of what happened of Bloodbath, wrestling's most incredible steel cage matches of all time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, That being said, I'm just going to check something real quick, so bear with me here, folks. While we're doing that, let's give you the number again one more time, one six oh five five six two zero four 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 sorry about that folks I had some of my throat, however, um, like I said, uh, we have of course this is episode two thirteen, ladies and gentlemen of uh, wrestling of course ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not I'm wrestling we visit I'm your host the Iceman charity drama of course the human suplex machine John Gross is not with us tonight due to a him but John will be joining us in the nine o'clock hour ladies and gentlemen. With Revolution, of course, you don't want to miss that. Of course, that would be a very interesting show tonight. Uh, mind you, we will be hearing from John here in the 9 o'clock hour, ladies and gentlemen, so you definitely stay tuned as far as that goes. Uh, we will be hearing from him, of course. We were hoping to hear from King N.W.O. George Smith tonight, along with the Blackwell, Michelle Lynn Dots, But due to a prior commitment on both ends, they have decided not to join us this evening, but will be joining us, I hope, uh, nine o'clock tonight and of course here next week on Wrestling Revisited episode two fourteen. So you definitely don't want to miss that next week. It promised to be a very exciting show, ladies and gentlemen. Also ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna tell you right now we have some interesting matches tonight on AEW Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll tell you about them very quickly here on the matches you will see tonight. Excuse me on AEW dark right now. And uh let's see here. Uh yes, um just trying to get the results here, folks. Bear with me here. Uh, Right now, we've got AEW Dark going on right now, and here are the matches that you will see tonight on AEW Dark, including the following. It will be QT Marshall taking on Lee Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, Wardlow taking on Youngster Ryan Piles, and Kip Saban taking on Tony Donati. Yes, folks, those are the matches you will see tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on AEW Dark. Um... Let's see, I'm trying to think what else we got to discuss here. It's about 20 minutes to 8. I don't think there's much else to discuss unless uh, I'm going to toss out a few things here, folks. So bear with me here, folks. I'm just checking here, folks. Uh, let's see here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just checking some stuff out here. Bear with me here, folks. We're just trying to get through this as best we can. Of course, we've got a lot to talk about. And by the way, we appreciate all your honesty and everything, like I said, folks. So about that, folks. I have something on my throat. Uh, tomorrow night, also, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in case you're wondering, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow night will be a very interesting night, ladies and gentlemen, on ABC. Of course, uh, after 11 years, ladies and gentlemen, Modern Family will be saying goodbye. Yes, folks, Modern Family will be saying. It's farewell After 11 Years tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we'll talk more about that uh, tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, on Wrestling Revisit. You definitely want to check that out, ladies and gentlemen, at 6.30 p.m. here on the TalkShoe Radio Network. Uh, real quick, let's uh, tell you about our next uh, review very quickly. We're going to try to get through these very quickly if we can. In our review, it is WWE, ladies and gentlemen. How folks.
0: Sorry about that. I'm just trying to find it here. Okay, here
1: we go. I'm trying to find it here, folks. Uh, bear with me here. I did see something here, folks. Uh, okay, yes, uh, we we will talk about our last review of the day. However, ladies and gentlemen. This time we're going to talk about, well, I just saw it here,
0: if we have it here. It just had a second ago, folks.
1: Okay, I think we had it, folks. Sorry about that. Sorry about the long delay. Here, we're just trying to find our uh next uh review here folks so bear with us okay here we go all right ladies and gentlemen our next review ladies and gentlemen of course our the, what our next review is ladies and gentlemen I'm trying to find it here
0: okay here we
1: go ladies and gentlemen, our next review ladies and gentlemen takes us to had a second ago folks sorry about that um Okay, yes, here we go. We're gonna take you back, ladies and gentlemen, to a very unique moment, ladies and gentlemen. And this time we're gonna go into the archives of the one and only World Class Championship Wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, world class championship wrestling. And uh this event, ladies and gentlemen, however, uh take took place, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, on April fifteenth, nineteen eighty three. That was very interesting. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, we'll tell you what happened on that show. Of course, here are your list of champions as follows, ladies and gentlemen. The current heavyweight champion since September of '81 is Ric Flair. Since Christmas night of '82, the Fabulous Birds are your world six-man tag team champions. Kevin Von Erich, ladies and gentlemen, however, is your American heavyweight champion since March the 4th. Dave Von Erich earlier in the month won the Texas heavyweight title, ladies and gentlemen. However, and The Fibus Freebirds also have the American Tag Team Champions, if you will, since November of 82. So, the Freebirds definitely having all the trophies in the world, and Levon Erick's also having the trophies as well. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's tell you about what happened on this show from, believe it or not, however, however, from, uh, like I said, March the 5th, 1983, and of course, this was taped in February of 1983. Uh, Going into the matchup, of course, however, here's the story. Bill Mercer is your host, and he talks with General Skandar Akbar. He introduces some footage of his great Kabuki rehabilita- rehabilitating himself mentally, physically, and spiritually back in his homeland of Japan. He also wants to know about the new guy that he just brought in, Kamala. Skandar Akbar tells him he's 6'7", 365, while voiceover says that Kamala is 6'9", and over 400 pounds. So there you go. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for... Our uh, first match of the night, ladies and gentlemen, and here's what it is, ladies and gentlemen Iceman King Parsons, ladies and gentlemen, taking on the Magic Dragon, ladies and gentlemen, with Armand Hussein. Of course, from great prominence to now just managing Tola Yatsu the Magic Dragon, Hussein has certainly not where he, where he was six months ago. That being said, Parsons ends up getting the win, and after the matchup, Hussein tries to jump him, but he gets punched and takes a bump out to the floor. Before the next match, ladies and gentlemen, General Scandal Akbar and King Kong Bundy are in the ring issuing a challenge to Armand Hussein, ladies and gentlemen, and Tola Yatsu. While Yatsu is running for anything, Hussein seems to no sell the whole ordeal. Up next, a very unique match, how are ladies and Tola Yatsu with Armand Hussein taking on Al Madril. As a result, however, I remind you, however, uh, Yatsu ends up winning with the Stomach claw, ladies and gentlemen, and as a result, it will be interesting to see what happens. Afterwards, Armand Hussein, of course, is ecstatic, feeling like he's got the greatest wrestler to ever come from Japan to take out Devastation Incorporated. That being said, go figure. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, Bill Mercer meets with gorgeous Jimmy Jarvin and his uh, lovely fiancée, Sunshine, by the pool. Garvin, of course, reiterates that he will not let anybody film his matches because he doesn't want anybody saying there are any flaws in his wrestling. That being said, however, he is hoping to challenge at some point, however, David Von Eric. And for the Texas Heavyweight Championship. As a result, this leads us to our uh, semi main event, ladies and gentlemen. However, with that said, however, uh, the other Freebirds and Von Eric cause the scene, but they clear out once the ring begins to start. However, once this is started, however, the Freebirds come in to cause uh, the DQ and basically uh, end this matchup in a schmoss, giving Von Eric the win, however, but not a chance to go after the Texas Heavyweight title just yet. Afterwards, Dave Von Eric talks with Phil Mercer about what the free births did and says that, how are, what happened, happened out. But next week, however, he is looking forward to a big six-man title matchup and cannot wait to see Kerry, his younger brother, tear Michael P.S. Hayes, P. Hayes into pieces next week. So there you go. All right, Uh, I think we're going to cut this short, ladies and gentlemen. However, we will talk to you, of course, here next week, ladies and gentlemen, at the same time, same location, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great week, everyone. Stay safe, wash your hands, and we will see you on the flip side. So, again, I want to thank all of you for listening to us tonight. Uh, We hope you enjoyed our show and learned a lot as well. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to sign off here for now. We hope you enjoy the rest of your evening, however, and as always, however, we will talk to you very soon. So, for now... For everyone here on the talk Show Radio Network, this is the Iceman saying so long from the inside, saying we'll talk to you soon, have a good night, and we'll see you on the flip side very soon. Good night, everyone.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.